Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome to the American Rugby Show. This is the State of the Union. I am one of your hosts, Alex Corbusier, joined by former USMLR Coach of the Year, Rob Hoadley, the most capped USA Rugby Eagle in history, Todd Clever, and our special guest for this week's interview, the man of the moment, Mikey Teo from the Utah Warriors. Mikey, welcome to the show. Oh, thanks, Corbs. Thanks for having me. Thanks, Hodes. Thanks, TC. Oh uh, yeah, I'm excited for this. Yeah, well, we have uh, we have been singing your praise. We are so excited to have you on. Um, you are the hottest thing since uh, since <laughs> Todd <Bray>. Clever. <laughs> since Todd no. Clever in the Palm uh, Palm Springs double page spread. <laughs> Welcome, mate. It's an absolute pleasure to have you on. I know you you know how it's probably better than the rest of us, so we'll let him take a bit of the lead on some of the interviews, bro. But but how, how are things? How are you doing? No, things are great. Uh, things are amazing. Uh, I got to spend time with my wife last week. She just got back from Spain serving in the Navy uh, as a nurse, nurse lieutenant. And uh, yeah, she came to Utah for uh, 12 days, spent some time together. Now she's back in uh, Arizona with her parents getting ready for uh, baby. Baby's due in August. So preparing for that. Yeah. Congrats, and, mate. So, so good. Too blessed. Yeah, too so blessed good. right now. So, uh, Todd's just buzzing because he's like another eagle, another yeah. eagle. He just keeps seeing, yeah. keeps seeing all, the, all these, every player we have, whether foreign yeah. or, or domestic is having a kid at the moment. He's yeah. buzzing. Future eagles, noting yeah. them down for the depth chart. Building, slowly building, building the team. Uh, yeah. Oh, that's great news, mate, because it's been tough, right? You've been, you've been away from each other for quite a long time over the last year or so. Yeah. So yeah, we got married in August uh, 2020. Uh, the original date was April, but, you know, COVID kept pushing things back, pushing things back, and then limited number of people at the wedding, such and such. But uh, after after we got married in August, we went back to Spain, and I got to live on the beaches of Spain for six to seven months, which was, I uh, couldn't complain there. Finally made it to Europe. Finally lived in Europe, which was, the you know, one of the goals. Uh, and, yeah, came back from Utah and just been grinding it out since, and, uh yeah, we're expecting a baby in August, so. Yeah, couldn't be happier for you, mate. And um, uh, it's going to be one lucky baby because you're going to be an incredible dad. Um, and just oh, to man. dig into that, because it's a long way from Long Beach to the beaches of Spain, and it's a long way to uh, your journey to become the man you are now. Um, so let us know a little bit about your, your, your past there, Mikey, and how you discovered rugby um, uh, and what it's meant to you over the years. High school, I played for Long Beach Poly uh, football, and we were ranked number one in the nation freshman and sophomore year. And then junior, I was like captain, this and that, senior year captain. And then uh, we'll say sophomore year, uh, some of the boys like played rugby, and I knew they played rugby, some of my teammates, you know, the Islanders that go to the school. Uh, my dad w wanted to do like a father and son trip to uh, Los uh, San Diego Sevens, Petco Park. 2009 so that was the first time I've actually like seen organized rugby and I tell my dad I'm like hey let's let's go uh let's watch or let's go so we watched it and then on the way back home USA was in the quarterfinal and Samoa was in the quarterfinal so we were going to drive all the way back to Long Beach and then we saw the Motel 6 pretty much like 
in Oceanside. Yeah. So we were like, hey, Dad, Moto 6, let's stay here. Stay the night there, drove back. Uh, USA boys made the semis, and then Samoa made the semis. Eventually, Argentina took the tournament, but man, I fell in love. And three years, three years later, I made the seventh team uh, to Gold Coast. And now a word from our sponsor. Bet online, the fastest and easiest way to bet on all your sports action. Bet online has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds. It's the best way to place your bets, and it's free to sign up. Head to the website betonline.ag or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbooks experts. So, so you end up you must have played with some of those game. guys that you saw in that tournament. Yeah, threatened <laughs> threatened Palama was in that tournament, believe it or not. I just remember this dude with long yeah. hair high kneeing down the field. Uh yeah, so that was I was like, yeah, that he was one of the the guys I remember from that tournament and eventually got to play with the Sun Eulas and, and so, just, so that was that was in when you got your debut for seven. Was that two thousand twelve? Uh yeah, two thousand twelve was my debut. Uh, to Gold Coast. So you're just a young pup. That was that you because you were part of the age grade USA U19 or U20 team. Um, uh, yeah, the U20 that won here in Salt Lake. That, that, uh, that, that same year. Junior World so, Trophy. I mean, from from, from yeah. a young guy coming in, and, and and I know it through my path and having it coming in and playing age grade USA, and then the next time you're out of eligibility of age, then you get called up to the national team. That's what that's what happened to me. I mean, for me, it was just wide eyed, you know, with uh, the guy likes of. Dan Lyle, Dave Hodges, these guys that I was sort of like looking up to and I'm like, oh, someday, I'll, you know, hopefully I can play uh, in that same jersey or in those stadiums. And just a few months later, I was sunk in and I was rooming with all these, uh, you know, USA Red Legends and I'm just like, uh, you know, yeah. 19, 20 years old. I mean, how, how, how did you, uh, you know, bear that? You know, was it difficulty? Was it, was it just a, a kid in a candy store? Tell us about those kind of feelings when you first got the call up. Uh, when I first got the call up, uh, and I was so excited. I was pretty close with uh, Tai Nosa. I watched him play at the 2011 World Cup, and and he's like my height. So I was like, man, if, you know, Tai's this this tall, you know, playing in the World Cup, man. That that kind of like set the goals. Like, hey, man, you know, you know, football. I didn't get a scholarship in college because of my height, and you know, not the like, athletic ability or whatever I could do on the field. But I saw a guy like Tai, and I remember that watching that 2011 World Cup saying, dang. If he can do it, like you know, someone that size, like maybe I could make it. Maybe I could do it. So uh, kind of just took that and ran with it. 2012 got called up for under 20s. Uh, I got called up as a 12, and then I got worked down to hooker because I could throw. So I went from second choice hooker to uh, making a sevens team like two months later. <laughs> <laughs> just representing for the front row. I love it. I was going to oh, ask man, you man. about that because I see on online it says you used to be a hooker, but when you see the way you move around on the field, I can't see a coach who would try and stick you at hooker. Yeah, yeah I, was, I was probably like a young Corbs, huh? <laughs> <laughs> Better than me, mate. Better than me. Yeah, I, don't, I don't have feet yeah. like that, put it that way. That was, yeah, that was that was 18. Uh, and we played Japan in the final. The funny thing is, I came on as a flanker. They just said, hey, go in and make your tackles. And we won on the goal line stands against Japan uh, to win the whole tournament. You were Billy so Meeks was... before Billy Meeks. <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah, I heard he went to flank, yeah. So that was, that was just crazy. And I don't know, man, it's been a crazy journey from there. And then, you know, getting, getting to play with 
all the Sevens boys and getting used to, like, knowing them, Falau Niwe. Eventually, I got to play with TC when I got called up for 15s, like, four years later. So that was a, that was a blessing. And then finally made the World Cup. That was always my goal, you know, compete in the World Cup. And finally hit that goal 2019. Now I just got, like, even hungrier to get to 2023. I want to, you know, get a couple wins at the next World Cup before I... Hang up the yeah, a couple, a couple of things there, Mikey. Like, firstly, I'd, I'd love to get to, um, you know, the, the, the future prospects for the Eagles because you guys have just, you know, going on that 12-game unbeaten run. It's been unbelievable to see what you guys have achieved with Gary. Um, but for, before we get there, because it's just so interesting when you're telling that story of, your, of driving down with your dad and stopping at the hotel, and it's like yeah. these, these yeah. memories take you straight back to that moment and how important and what a, a big factor that is in shaping your whole life. What do you think a, a, a domestic World Cup would mean to this country in developing, uh, you know, the next Mikey Teos? I know, I know there was a lot of buzz um, with the Rugby Sevens World Cup in, in San Francisco. I know that's, you know, that, that had to have, you know, caught some other, other kids' eyes, you know, like, hey, man, I want to mm. play in the World Cup. I want to play in this big baseball stadium. You know, that's, that would be unreal for, you know, the youth of America just to have a goal set like that. And actually see it see it happen. So you know, I, I want to probably use my um, use my platform and say, hey, you know, I was a kid, I was playing competitive football for you know one of the best teams in the country. To you know, finding the love of rugby, you know, mid mid football career, and yeah, well, that could happen to anybody if you you know really work hard for it. But I did I did have to work hard for it. So after high school, I didn't make a I didn't get any college scholarships, and my dad was like, hey. You can take a year off of school if you want. So every day train, Monday through Sunday. Just didn't stop training. There's literally nothing else to do. I wake up early, train, and then eventually like playing with Belmont Shore. And that was my end. You know, compete with Belmont Shore, go on nationals and fifteens and then nationals and sevens the same year. I was eighteen. Got called up under twenties and then made the sevens team. So pretty much the last nine years have been pretty crazy, but Got to meet some amazing people along the yeah, way. Yeah, and you you hit on it there, um, Mikey. I know Corbs is uh, wants to ask a question, but I just I, I think it's re- I'm really going, interesting Rob, I'm here. Enjoying you you hit on it there, right, Mikey? There's been ups and downs. Like like we just see everyone tunes in at the weekend. They can't wait to see Mikey, and they see the finished product, and they think, well, he's just mega talented, and he just turns up on the weekend. and He's brilliant. That's not the case. And we know like you've come from where you've come from, the trials and tribulations, the ups and downs, the sacrifices. How would you describe your sort of emotional development through becoming a young boy looking up to these fellas, to becoming, a, a, you know, a senior player, to becoming a man, a husband, a leader in those environments? How's that journey been for you? The, uh, the emotional part is uh, it's, it's something strong. Like you, you really need like a, a strong head to get through, you know, professional career of playing sports, being able to compete at this level. But this is the span of, you know, almost two years, didn't miss a day of sevens practice, never, never stopped running, never stopped working out, didn't quit, and I was there. But that, uh, that two-year block, you know, that, that takes a lot. It takes a lot for someone to do that. Maybe it takes a crazy person <laughs> to do that for two years on the sevens training, you know, doing sevens training year-round, like not even the summer. What did, I don't think I took more than a week off uh, for two or three years. Uh, and by not getting selected, not getting rewarded for it, so it kind of, uh, kind of built that like, hey, you, you might not get rewarded for it now, 
but maybe maybe down the line sometime. So it takes a it takes a special person, and and I mean for to to just so I can empathize with you. Uh, I got my first cap for 15s in 2003. My second cap was 2005. So it was also two years that I got my first to second cap. Yeah. So I know, and for me, that put a chip on my shoulder. That, you know, once I was able to, you know, go back out there, I had something to prove. I had something to prove, you know, for, for those co that coach that didn't choose me for that long. I was like, oh, this is what you're going to miss yeah. out on. And I, and, and I just always remember that. And that was where the mongrel came from. That was the chip on my shoulder. Get me off the field. I'm, I'm, I'm fine. Grab, grab a cold beer and I'm chill. But whenever that, that, that was it. Did you find that as well? Like where he's like, once I have this opportunity, that's, that's my hands. I'm never going to let go. You got to pry it off my dead, dead cold hands. Yeah. Yeah. That's, you know, that chip on your shoulder. You know, you have to play with a chip on your shoulder sometimes. You know, you're, it's a competitive sport. You know, you got to work hard for something that you really want. You know, if you if you want something you never have, you have to do something you've never done. So, I don't know. I I totally agree with that. And that that two year span, you know, that that helps you get a ten year career. You know, those that two year block right there. You know, that helps you become the most capped eagle. Um, you know, if that's safe to say to say it. But yeah, one hundred percent. That's what people have got to understand. It takes firstly like this crazy like emotional connection to this crazy dream that doesn't seem real but you keep in your head of like I'm going to do this and then it's not just the dream then it's every day to get there and it's every day of two years with no reward but I'm going to stick to it and that's where the rare people come yeah. through that they can stick through that and marry those two things up and then you know down the road you get the rewards and uh, you know now the fans are getting the rewards because they get to see you every week yeah I just enjoy my time now. I'm just enjoying rugby at this point. Just well, that, that's one of the things now. that's really obvious about you, mate, is that when you're on a rugby field, I don't think there's many times I see you that you're yeah. not smiling. And and I think I think it's one of the things I just love about watching you play is that you just look always look like you're having a great time out there. And it's just like, it, just hearing that you had the commitment to plug at it for two years and where you are now and the gratefulness that gives you for the place you're in, but also the love of the sport you must have to plug away for two years without any real reward as well. Like it is pretty obvious for me that you, that you do love rugby. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks. Thanks Corbs. Uh, man, I love the sport. It's, it's given me so much, man. I'm literally a kid from Long Beach. You, you have to play football to get out of that, get out of that city are you, to get to the NFL. I, a few teammates are in the NFL right now, but uh, you know, I've never, I'm pretty sure I've, you know, luckily been the most traveled person of my graduating class. I've been, been to more places than I could ever think of. So rugby's given me that, and uh, that's been such a blessing. Uh, yeah, especially, let's say, 2018, I had another one of those blocks. I, I tore my ACL the first game of the season in, uh, in Seattle. And, dude, every day after that, I have to do rehab, you know, try to get back on the field. And that was 365-day grind to get back. And, and that was right before the – that was the year of the World Cup. So that was – Really special, really special. To first come game back. back was against Seattle, uh, wasn't it, Mikey? Yeah. In the rain, scored in your first game. We left you on yeah, a bit longer yeah, than we were meant to, to, I think, that day. Yeah, I, I was glad <laughs> you didn't take me off. That was on the way up. Like, Mikey needs to come off his times up. He's like, no, 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 I'm staying on. <laughs> I'm having fun. Oh man, that was that was so fun, man. It was like it was all raining, and there was like sixty fans yeah. with umbrellas just surviving the rain. If you're in there, you're yeah, a diehard fan, right. and I know, yeah. And 
where we are right now is touching on, you know, year one MLR. And, you know, you were at San Diego year one. I actually, you know, came in camp, saw you, you, Rob, and all in there. Can you just talk a little bit about your first impressions at MLR and then just a little bit about the growth of where it's got to now, comparing it to its origins and how that's impacted your rugby story? Yeah, so I was part of that uh, pro rugby league. And, you know, right, right day one MLR, I just knew that this was going to be uh, I don't know. Actually, we were all pretty skeptic. We're like, all right, oh, let's see. We've been here before. So we've had the day ones of, you know, the league before. So here we're on this new league with MLR. And uh, I don't know, after after a couple months in, you kind of get a good feeling. All right, this is this is stable. Uh, this is run right, run the right system. Each club has their own, you know, owner or shareholder of the thing instead of just, you know, one guy. Uh, and then, yeah, it was just pretty much professionalism from there. Uh, being with San Diego for three years, uh, I got to see, you know, another great professional environment. I was in, uh, so I did the whole sevens from 2012 on. And then when I went to Taranaki, I kind of got to see how a full full team environment, like trains, how they, how, how they work, how they function, how they bring family in, uh, you know, wives and kids into their the setup as well. So, um yeah, I just knew I just knew MLR was going to be you know something stable, and so far it has been. And then, uh, have you got any good uh, Rob Hoadley stories for us as uh, from those early years at MLR? That anything that stands out to you that you'd like to share on the pod is is always welcome. Uh, he had this thing going on with his hair. I don't know. Maybe you can put up a picture. And he had these like you know the glasses. So he's a completely different, 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 different man than than what we're seeing here today so yeah uh, he's, he's, he's a dad now he's, he's, he's really he's matured on his rugby journey okay. you know it's really yeah. made him the man he is today and and got yeah. he still wears the, the the fashion gears but we don't quite have the hair and the specs as much. The, the yeah, hair hair. i'm definitely getting yeah. pictures of that in this pod it looked like an england rock star but i've never really met an england rock star but i was just like what are you, what's going on here guys? yeah <laughs> they look like a normal rock star but with teeth going on. all over the place i think <laughs> But he was in the gym, like 6 a.m., pumping weights every morning. I remember yeah, that. Yeah, I can't remember so, those days. That's yeah. a long, long time ago. Yeah. So, Mikey, um, obviously you were with Pro in San Diego, then MLR kickoff. You're, you're in San Diego. Had a lot of success there. Um, talk us about after that, going over, playing championship, and then when you're coming back to, to the States. And I might have it a little bit off. But, uh, you know, deciding to go to Utah instead of, you know, either back to San Diego or uh, any of the other teams. I'm sure, uh, I'm sure you're very yeah. wanted individual and what made you make those decisions i was signed on to the olympics and i had to deal with friday i said hey friday if something comes up in europe because my agent's um tom varndell uh, i think you yeah. guys yeah, know he? tom he, uh... so he's, he's my agent i was pretty much i'm pretty sure i'm his first uh first athlete <laughs> first uh, yeah first player but yeah he found something in uh in, in london scottish offered uh you know just like a three-month three-month thing and I told I told Mike Friday about it, and he was all for it. He's like, "Yeah, man, this is this is my dream. I always wanted to play in Europe, uh, you know, get a contract in Europe." So, got the contract, flew over there. You know, I uh, was really excited about the decision. So, got there Wednesday, got there Tuesday, was named starter for the weekend. I was pumped up, and then uh, Friday, the day before the game, the season canceled. So that was like because of COVID. So I was like, "Oh man, didn't really." Didn't really get to play, but I got to train and you know hang out, meet some new guys, and I was there. So I was like, hey, I'm gonna stay in England for you know another month and a half just to 
talk to my fiance at the time, which is my wife. Uh, so this is this comes like our we got married in August 2020, but before that, uh, I had Tom shop me around MLR because me and San Diego didn't get along, or you know something happened uh, with I don't know I yeah something happened with San Diego, and we couldn't meet we couldn't meet the terms. So uh, I had Tom shop me around and. Hawaii. I was talking to Hawaii, Seattle, um, LA. You know, that's yeah, my cool. hometown. Yeah, of exactly. Uh, and, LA, uh, mate. I got a lot of questions <laughs> about this. <laughs> yeah, LA and uh, and Utah. So I'm back in Spain this time, and you know, wife and I were make, making this decision, and ultimately we we choose Utah. Um, actually, I'll just speak the story in. So we actually chose Hawaii first. We we're like, all right, man, let's go to Hawaii. Let's do it from Spain to Hawaii. You know, this dream, and then. Uh, so we told Tom, I told told my agents, hey, let's go Hawaii, and we we went to sleep that night. We woke up and we just both had bad feelings about it. So we ended up calling calling Tom straight away, like, hey, Tom, uh, you know, we don't want to we don't want to sign with Hawaii, and we want to sign with Utah. So he was like, yeah, sure, let's do it. Like nothing's nothing set nothing's ever set in stone right now. So we eventually chose Utah. You know, we prayed on it, chose Utah. And uh, two days later, the Hawaii team folded. So that was like kind of the crazy thing. And then from there, uh, I just took, made the decision and never looked back, kind of like we always do. That's awesome. So for future, future, future players of MLR, if there's a brand new franchise popping up, um, sign it, but get your cash up front, and then uh, and then the season happens. <laughs> yeah. happens Unless it's owned by Adam Gilchrist, then you know it's kind of good, and then you know you're probably good for your paycheck. I'd say. No, but Mikey, obviously, um, you know Utah seems to have been like the perfect fit for you. I think you know this season you've just grown from week to week. Um, a leader on the field, uh, exciting style of play that suits you, you know, other players that you seem to work with really well as well, um, like uh, Basca and Mika, Mika Cruze and, and these guys, you know, just talk us through like coming to Utah and, you know, how you've experienced this season so far. Uh, so coming to Utah, man, I, I love it here. You know, the setup is, setup is amazing. Uh, we have great facilities. We're at a condo right across the street from the stadium where we practice, where we have gym. Uh, and all the boys, the, the big shocking thing here when I got here, it's not, it's not a full-time team. So I played with San Diego for three years, and, you know, we woke up, we, like, ate, slept, you know, did all this rugby. Everything was rugby. But, these, you know, teammates, they have wives, kids. They're, they're working 9 to 5, and then, you know, coming up to practice at 6, 6 to 10, uh, you know, still working hard. So that was a big thing. Like, man, we, we don't have any excuses, the guys that are here full time. You know, we got guys working construction. One of the guys had like a heat exhaustion last week and then uh, couldn't train on Thursday. And then he goes and kills it on Saturday. But he was on a roof all day at 102 degree heat. So, man, just, you know, being, being a part of this team, it's, it's really special. And I'm able to see and meet so many uh, different types of guys. And, you know, it's a, another reminder that it's a big picture. You know, like rugby's, rugby's here you know, in life. But, you know, when you have a big picture and, you know, you get to meet other people and try to do stuff for the community, it's, man, that's just, it just makes it all special. And I, I know I could have done this. I, could, I would have been happy being anywhere, you know, whether it's L.A., Seattle, or uh, anywhere in the West Coast, I, uh, at least. But, yeah, I'm just glad, uh, glad, I was, glad my wife and I made this decision here and uh, the stuff that we've been doing this year has been 
Uh, it's been it's been amazing. It's been fun. You know, we don't have to wear masks. Because <laughs> yeah. Utah is like its own state, its yeah. own its own country here. Yeah, yeah. So, really, really yeah, happy so, to see you yeah. so happy, Mikey, and to be thriving in that environment. And what is it that you think you guys have done so well? Because you're talking about uh, what could become what what is a, a huge stumbling block to success. You, you know, for other people, but it's but it seems to galvanize your group and unite them. So, is there anything special that you guys have done to 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 bring forward a mentality that you're going to use that as a, a strength of yours um, because like you're talking about being on a hot tin roof uh, 100 degrees you'd think that that might not help you in the 80th minute <laughs> but you, you're pulling out these crazy wins yeah. at the end so there's something there collectively mentally that you guys are doing can you put your finger on it yeah so I would say like the, the start of the year game five I, I kept telling the guys like, man, we still haven't one. We haven't reached our potential. Two, I haven't. I don't know where our potential is because I know we're not playing. You know, our best rugby. Well, we were winning games. We were three and two at the time, or two and three at the time, and our three losses were within five points. So one was one point. The other one was two points, and I think the last one was like three points. So, at like around game five, game six mark, we were like, man, we we don't even know where where we could be yet, and I knew. Uh, I just knew like we just get we just need to keep working and obviously like stay closer together and we're trying to figure out ways to do that. It's hard, man. We can't we can't go out to dinner at night because we're we're training and we can't set up something in the morning. The boys are working, so we're trying to find a find a good balance for that. And then especially things with COVID and like all the testing, a lot of the guys would get tested positive because they have to go to work. They can't not go to work. So some guys were getting you know positive tests early on in the year. Um, yeah, well, uh, I think by, by like, I don't know, in the past, like, six weeks, we started doing something like having a meal after practice. So practice ends around 9.30. We have a meal come on Thursdays, and the, the boys buy it, so we provide it, and it's just a way to, you know, stay around and start talking a little bit more and, you know, get to know each other's, like, get to, get to know the boys' wives' name, the kids' name. And we also implemented bringing flowers for wives, um, Who's, who's pregnant. So, you know, the guys, like, there's flowers right behind this laptop, you know, that the boys provided for my wife. And she, she was delighted to see that. And just kind of kind of building that. We're trying to get as close as we can without, you know, in a, in a half-time half, half environment. So uh, we're, we're still working things out. You know, our wins, are, our wins aren't pretty and our losses are there. Like, we're, we're still there in the fight. Um, but, yeah, I think, I think by week seven we're like, man, we're three plays away from being undefeated. And those were the one-pointer, two-point loss, and three-point loss. So I knew there was something special there. It just, we just needed a, you know, a couple more bounces of the ball go our way. And you know, the last four weeks, we were lucky enough to have the ball bounce our way, especially in the last minute or in the 83rd minute of you know, Seattle and uh, that game and the New York game. So, And, and then and just, you know, rolling good. on on those, you know, last minute sort of buzzer beating victories that you're almost becoming famous for as a team in this league like what does that do for your belief like once you've done it once okay once you've done it twice but now you guys like I've played in teams that have, have had this and it, there is something that that really gives you this belief in the squad and like even when the chips are down and like big playoff games or whatever like I feel like that is going to galvanize you as a team that you've had these moments already and grown and believe as a team yeah, I, th I feel like everything we do is earned. Like every try we need, like we, we earn it. We're not, we're not doing like walk-in tries. Maybe there's a few with me and Mika, luckily. But every other try, it's like, man, we had to earn that try. 
And then we had, like, the team starts coming back in that we're playing. Uh, and I feel like we're building confidence off that. We're like, all right, well, you know, we can go, um, you know, we can start blowing out Austin or Houston home. And then they start coming back in within, I think it was, like, within seven points uh, coming down to the last minute. So I think we're, we're slowly building confidence that we can do that. Is it a perfect perfect game that we're playing? Like, no, but I feel like now that we know that our structure works, you know, everyone knows that, all right, let's get the, let's get the edges of the ball and let's see what they can do. And then let's get the big boys in the middle and let's see how strong our scrum is. And that, that's helped us last week. I feel like one week something's bad and then the next week we fix that and then something else is bad. And it kind of keeps us on our toes. And we know that we're not entitled to anything. Like no one on the team's, I don't know, like a big, big name in the world. Uh, you know, respectively out of like top tier nations, we're just just a bunch of guys just trying to work hard and you know try to win win the championship. And I feel like we're we're on a good roll to it. But we just got one game at a time. Try to make this. And I've just got one other uh, important question relating to Utah. When you do win and you, you you know you get those high points, I do remember after Legion games on the bus, I might be sitting from watching the game and I'd hear some commotion in the back of the bus, and it tended to end up with a rap battle between you and Matthias. So, who's your rapping partner in Utah? Dang, you know I actually have to call Ryan and get a rap in Love every it, now mate. and then. Like that's Love that's it. my go-to guy still. I can't. I'll never throw him under the bus, man. I got that guy. We'll call and Nate will jump in. We have our we have our group chat. Man. So have you found it, any competition but, in Utah, or there's yeah. no takers for a rap battle? No takers. I tried I tried Sama Malolo, but he, uh, he he couldn't handle it one night. We were just messing around over here at the house. Short sword wasn't no sharp enough, bro. You gotta keep yeah. that sword sharp, sharp if you want to be a if you want to be a word. Yeah. Well, you might have to take on Corbs anyway in the uh, in the conference finals because Corbs has already shown what he's got. So we might have to see a bit of competition. The rugby network might pick hey. up on it. Oh, Could be a whole new channel. Hey, Mikey, I'll make you a promise, bro. Yeah, if we get if we meet in the semis, bro, it's on after. <laughs> sword, swords ready anytime. It'd be a pleasure and an honor. Yeah. All right, I hope you're not ah, reading nah, the bro. words Off then. the top of the we'll dome, you can name the words that I murder you with. It's uh, cool. I'll just rhyme them. It's all good. <laughs> uh, no, I joke. I joke. All right, all right, I joke. But uh, that's how <laughs> I am. This week's American Rugby Show was brought to you by Gilly's Legendary Lager. A lager this crushable doesn't come around that often. Let's find out. I stand by that statement. And, you know, I mean, you guys do a great job, you know, and, and, and luckily for, for us, you know, far away are able to watch it on the rugby network or a national broadcast. But I mean, your guys' local fans, you guys show up, you guys have impressive atmosphere. Um, I know the head office as well, along with the coaches, the two Sean's obviously that you just mentioned. Um, I know Kimball that I played with yeah. Kimball on the Eagles and all Americans. Uh, I've spoken with Emily that's in the office as well at the, at the Warriors. I mean, from top to bottom, it seems like everybody's so engaged and, and, and you mentioned community beforehand. Um, I mean, that's gotta be huge driving success and, and, and to get you through because obviously you're not just playing for the 14 other guys on the field. You guys have a huge community uh, s support, which is, uh, which, which is great. Um, how is it playing at your guys in, the, in that packed little stadium uh, in Utah? I mean, what, what is the buzz like? I feel like the crowd is full every, every game we play in. Uh, I know I'm sure there's some like empty seats, but this, 
just where, how it's set up, the uh, the fans are flat. Like there's no incline like Torero Stadium and you know other stadiums that that we play in. It's flat, so they're engaged. They're like face to face with the opponents, face to face with us. You know, they're constantly screaming, constantly yelling. Um, we have a like the sideline guy with the microphone. His name's Buddha, and he's a, like a public figure here in Utah, and he always gets the crowd going. And I don't know, we have our, our mascot, you know, riding motorcycles in front of kickers. So <laughs> I love Corey. I don't think he knew what was going on, but it was a water break. So he, I'm, I'm going to defend Corey because that's my boy. A unique experience. Yeah. It's awesome, though. Isn't yeah. it beautiful there, though, Mikey? When the sun's going down, what a place to play your rugby. Oh, it's, it's so beautiful. It's getting hot, though. Like, today is, today is the, like, the nicest day in the last two yeah. weeks, but it's been steady over 100. Um, but yeah, once that sun goes down and then the lights kick in, it's just a different different beast in the second half coming out. Uh, so, now we, we love it here. Every time I see someone in the fans, like a, when a new family member comes to the game, I'm like, dang, you chose the best game to come with, to, yeah. to come to. And that was each game, each home game. It was like Toronto to DC, you know, scoring the last minute, Mika scoring the last minute. Um, the San Diego one, that was crazy. Like, I was, I'm still like, in my head trying to wrap them around how you know we did that but still still crazy, crazy no, obviously thing. your crowd is amazing mate i think it's a, a shining example to every other team in the league of of what needs to keep growing and why we're here as well as putting product on the field but building rugby fans and a, an audience and a culture and, and, and moving the sport sort of you know forward but then when you're touching on you know, Utah, what about the New York game? Like the fact that you guys sort of cha- made so many changes going there. Can you, just before we wrap up, like talk a little bit of the mindset there of, of what you guys were thinking going there, making that change is what the internal messages are and then what it felt like afterwards to get the win there and, and, and especially in the fashion that you did. We just had a system. We, just, we had a system to play. Uh, told the boys at halftime. So I was on the sideline like going crazy. Like the refs were like, hey, you guys, you got to calm down. I'm like, I'm not used to be on the sideline. So I'm trying to tell everybody what yeah. to do as a fullback does in the back. So I don't know. I was just doing that from the sideline. And uh, halftime comes and you see our tries. So we scored three tries or we scored two or three tries in the first half. We earned those. Like we had to actually like get there, grind out, get to the goal line and earn that, those tries. And, you know, New York had like two, two walk-in tries and one, you know, one try made by a bad exit on kickoff. So we told them, we told the boys at halftime, like, hey, man, everything we get is earned. You know, when we're we're a physical team, and we're gonna earn this win. And you know, coming off me and Mika coming on with 25 minutes left, and and UDs and Aston and the bench coming in uh, with 20 20 minutes left, we were all pumped up on the sideline. And I don't know, I don't know if the bench is always like that, or like guys, how the bench really works. But while we were so pumped up, we just came in and like, hey, let's play as fast yeah. as we can. Like, don't slow the ball down. And you know, it worked out in our favor. You know, to the last play of the game just going in with all the, all the energy we could. So, uh, you know, we're happy to get a win. Um, yeah, and like people are like, hey, why did you guys start your second string? Like, we don't, we don't have egos like that. We're like, hey, I got, I got as much faith as, you know, Hagen starting at fullback or Cliven going to 10 or, you know, Josh or James Vifale on the wing. That's just, hey, I'm putting, we're putting our best players on. Like, that's period. You know, they're going to start. And that's, you know, it takes 23 to win a game, not first 15. And if it does take first 15, I'm playing the wrong sport. 
because it's a 23-man game. Tag no, that I one mean... on uh, Rugby Network, I think. You know, the selflessness and that's, you know, we're talking about all the difficulties and people being at work and like Lance Williams being a teacher and guys being roofing and all the rest of it. And then you hear that yeah. from your leader and you can't help fall in behind that, you know. So how does it feel now, Mikey? Because you've got been on this tremendous run with uh, Utah. You're flying so high. And now, obviously, because of the COVID-disrupted season, the date's changing a bit. Now we have the Eagles games. It must be slightly bittersweet. I mean, obviously, you can't wait to go away and uh, represent your country, but it must be very difficult to leave uh, your teammates now. It, you hit it spot on. Yeah, man. I'm like, I have kind of kind of bummed. I get to, like, I'll, I'll be missing one game, and that's against Atlanta. We played them preseason, and we lost to them by, like, a try or something. something. Just, uh, I just wasn't a, wasn't a good, good, like, good finish that game so uh you know bummed i'm missing that i'm yeah. excited that it is a bye week so i'm not you know won't be missing a week with the guys uh playing um just that atlanta game but all the guys are supporting us you know we have we have four we have five guys coming from utah and uh they're all cheering us on making sure you know that we're we're all ready to go and pumping us up so you know that's a blessing and we just got a good family here uh good family here and yeah, I'm excited to go play with USA. You know, that's a you know every time he gets to put on the jersey, uh, it's a blessing. So I don't I don't know. There's 30 guys traveling. I just want to do do my best role, whatever it is. You know, whether it's you know holding the pad or running the ball into the pad, like I'll do it. So I got two weeks with the boys, and I'm just excited and come back and try to finish the season strong. So that's the game plan. And then I got a baby coming. That's so, the most important bit for sure. Uh, mate, it's, it's yeah, gets, you're going to have a hell of a time. So what a lineup. Like you've got yeah. England at Twickenham, Ireland at Aviva, MLR Championships, baby, then like Canada, Canada uh, World Cup qualifiers, then Las Vegas Raiders Stadium. I yeah. mean, what a year coming out of COVID. COVID, yeah, this has been crazy because you know, I didn't do anything in Spain. It's, there's nothing to do. We just, you know, stayed at, the, stayed at the house, walked the dog on the beach and, uh, you know, it was... Did CrossFit with like old Spanish ladies. Like, Have you got any numbers? We might sign them like, up the way right, you're playing. It's obviously working. Yeah. <laughs> they uh, they were pushing me. They were like, "Come on, Vominos, Vominos." I was like, "Man, I'm dying over here." <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's just, just funny. It's a good time. I, I love Spain. It's one of the but, things I love about rugby. Yeah. Like the guy goes from you know jogging laps around Twickenham Stadium just so he gets some sort of feeling <laughs> yeah. like he's doing something over here in the UK with COVID yeah. to now playing at Twickenham yeah. Stadium yeah. on the pitch. It's just you know yeah. you can't write yeah. that stuff. I love it. Yeah. And just to end on a fun question, you know, as the Rugby Networks, you know, done a lot of these dream signings and stuff has always been you know one of their themes. We had a thought, you know, to me, I think you are one of the dream signings in the MLR. Um, wish you were at LA, but unfortunately weren't able to bring you back home uh, yet, I'll say, jokingly. But with these dream <laughs> signings, uh, we want to talk about what would be your dream back three, all right? Who, if you could pick any players in the world to play in a back three with, you know, what would be your dream back three? Shoot, I'll have uh, Josua Tuisova on the right wing. And then, man, who would be on the left wing? That's a good question. Left wing. Oh, is this like all time? all time? You can go with it, mate. Let you go wherever you... Jason oh, Robinson. Jason Robinson on Love the left. That. You and him and then, together uh, would be naughty. Tui Silva on the right. I'll just pass and <laughs> watch the game. Pass him the ball, watch the game. <laughs> like, easy job. Man. That's so, awesome. Yeah. I love that. All right, mate, Mikey, it's been an absolute pleasure to have you on. I think it's a, you're a stand-up guy. Uh, you, you and your team are flying high. You represent you and your family and everything really well 
on and off the field and are a great ambassador for rugby in America. Thank you so much. Good luck this season. Good luck on the tour. Take care of Hodes for us over there because we're going to miss him. And uh, at the same time, good luck with, you know, fatherhood and everything with family life as well this year. We're really rooting for you. And thanks again for coming on the pod. All right. Thank you, guys. Thanks, Corbs. Thanks for having me. TC, always a pleasure. Hodes, one last thing, Mikey. I, I know my mom would kill me if she didn't say, send my best to Mikey because oh, she yeah. is your number one fan and yeah. she loves you so much. So that's for you, Mama. Yeah. Well, send, send her my love. Man, she's, I saw her. Yeah, I saw her a few weeks ago. I forgot which game, yeah. but she was there. And she was like, she was calling me. So, yeah. I always, no matter what's going on, I always stop and like make sure I acknowledge her. I'm like, oh, that's mom right there. <laughs> yeah, that's yeah. All right, that is a wrap on this week's State of the Union. As Todd cracks the gillies, it's time to say goodbye. A quick reminder from everyone to keep following the pod, whether it's on our audio source, which is on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, whether it's on the Rugby Network in video or our YouTube, keep supporting the pod. We really appreciate it all. And at the same time, keep following us on social media. On Instagram, we are at The American Rugby Show. On Twitter, it's at The Am Rugby Show, pumping out tons of content all the time from our previews, our breakdowns, interview segments, graphics. There's always lots going on there. Please check it out. We just broke 700 followers. We're absolutely buzzing about it. From Alex Corbacero, from Rob Hoadley, from Todd Clever. That is a wrap and we'll see you again soon. Lastly, a big thank you for this week's show, which was brought to you by Bet Online. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.